This video describes the technique for a paramedian supracerebellar approach for resection of inferiorly located midbrain and pontine lesions, in this case, a posterior pontine pilocytic astrocytoma. This is a 46-year-old male who presented with six months history of brainstem dysfunction which was progressive, including left-sided spasticity, dysarthria, and swallowing difficulty. An MRI evaluation revealed the cystic lesion relatively in the midline on the enhanced axial MRI. You can see the cyst is entered to the enhancing nodule. Here is the area of the tectum. What is very important about this lesion is that it is not in the tectile area, it is actually in the lower midbrain and maybe the upper pontine area. And there will be a long reach around the colman or the midline of the cerebellum to be able to reach this lesion. Therefore, a paramedian supracerebellar approach was deemed more appropriate because the lateral wing of the cerebellum provide a more lower inferior trajectory to reach the posterolateral mesencephalon and the upper pons. So the important finding in summary is that the slope of the cerebellum over the lateral aspect of its tentorial surface allows a more inferior trajectory unilaterally toward the uh, midbrain and the upper pontine area. However, again, this approach is unilateral but provides ample amount of space uh, to remove a midline lesion. Let's therefore review the techniques for such a paramedian supracerebellar approach. The patient is placed in a lateral position, a lumbar drain is placed for posterior fossa decompression. You can see that. Um, the transfer sinus is marked using neuronavigation. A paramedian linear incision is used, which is halfway between the mastoid and the area of the midline, marked by the inion here. One third of the incision is above the transfer sinus and two third is below. Further details of positioning are as follows. The patient's head is somewhat tilted away from the shoulder. As you can see here, this angle has been expanded to provide a more working space for the surgeon around the area of the suboccipital area. Furthermore, a lumbar drain is placed to provide early decompression of the posterior fossa without the need to open the bone over the foramen magnum to reach the cisterna magna. The exposure here is worth further discussion. A burr hole was placed over the transfer sinus, which is located here. This is the transfer sigmoid junction. A craniotomy was subsequently elevated, um, before which some CSF was withdrawn to decompress the dura and allow mobilization of the venous sinus with, from the inner aspect of the calvarium before the footplate of the drill passed over the venous sinus. Here you can see again the 
outline of the transfer sinus joining the sigmoid sinus, a burrow was placed just above over the sinus and a craniotomy was elevated. Importantly, some of the dura above the transfer sinus was exposed, so the transfer sinus can be mobilized superiorly and improve the working space within the supracerebellar corridor. The dura is open in a curvilinear fashion. You can see the bone over the lower suboccipital area is not removed. This is another important nuance. You can see that two sutures are placed across the posterior aspect of the tentorium so that the transfer sinus is mobilized superiorly. I use a piece of club or rubber dam to go around the superior aspect of the cerebellum and glide over the cerebellum with a cotinoid. You can see the effect of the suture in terms of elevating the transfer sinus. The dissection starts with sliding over the cerebellum and finding the posterolateral aspect of the mesencephalon where the arachnoid membranes over the trochlear nerve are opened. And again, you can see the breadth of this approach all the way to the trigeminal nerve and in its anterior extent. You can see the superior cerebellar artery there. In this view, you can appreciate the trochlear nerve as it originates from the posterolateral aspect of the mesencephalon. The perforating vessels over the lateral aspect of the mesencephalon are mobilized away from the area where we are planning to make a incision to reach the nodule and the cystic component of the tumor. Fixed retractors are avoided. You can see that dynamic retraction over the lateral surface of the cerebellum provides ample amount of space to work and achieve an inferior trajectory toward the tumor. Also, you can see using navigation that I'm able to reach almost to the mid or lower portion of the lesion by just going over the lateral aspect of the cerebellum. The colman, which is the highest point in the cerebellum, can be quite obstructive if you want to reach the lower portal of this tumor to provide a gross total resection of the mass for the patient. Now, idea we have an idea how far further mobilization of the cerebellum may be necessary. We can start by creating an incision which I already have done, and removing the nodule of the tumor. The tumor subsequently was diagnosed as a pilocytic astrocytoma. You can see the cystic wall has been drained. And the ultrasonic aspirate is used to remove this discolored tumor, which is relatively dense. And here is the lower extent of the tumor and evidence of clear margins confirming a gross total resection of the mass. Here is a demagnified view of our operative corridor. As you can see over the cerebellum, the colman is here. The lateral internal surface of the cerebellum is demonstrated here. We went over the cerebellum and were able to 
remove the tumor using retraction sutures to elevate the transfer sinus. This is a post-operative MRI, which demonstrates gross total resection of the mass without any complicating features. This patient's preoperative symptoms slightly improved within the six months period after surgery and has since remained stable without any further worsening of his preoperative symptoms. Thank you.